0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to help you shake up the status quo in your company's business capabilities and move your organization in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Yes, indeed. Here she is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. We always say it. We always mean it because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I found a very short and sweet and Powerful, impactful quote. Just six words from a gentleman named Marshall Van Alstein at the MIT Initiative of the Digital Economy. Here's the quote. Please listen up. Products have features, platforms have Communities, Very interesting. So what are we talking about? You know what we're talking about, business model disruption. It's almost the end of 2018, and sidebar, oh my, where has the year gone? I don't know. And your same old business structures, your business models, your processes, you may have been using them for weeks, months, years, decades. Uh Uh-uh. They're not going to sustain you anymore. doesn't matter what industry you're in, the type of business you're in, how large or small your footprint is, local or global. You can't go with the status quo anymore. So what are you going to do? Well, let's look at the most successful companies. The largest businesses by market capitalization are platform-based business models that have disrupted the legacy business models. That may be one you're still using. The established industries, yes, there are newcomers entering and pounding on the doors of established industries, coming at them from all directions, and they have grown at phenomenal rates. Wouldn't you love to be one of those companies? And they didn't do it alone. So the title of this This episode is formally The Secret to platform based in innovation, a vibrant ecosystem. And that's where the words in the opening quote, platforms have communities, that's where that comes in. So, welcome. And let me tell you who my three experts are. They've all been on this series several times. This is a, a team. They decided to come on as a team today. So, I'm thrilled to have them. First up in a moment, we'll be hearing from Torsten Lyduck, Global VP of Ecosystem, SAP Cloud, Cloud Platform, Go to Market at SAP. Welcome back, Torsten. Mark Gial is joining us, Senior VP and Global Head of SAP Cloud Platform Ecosystem at SAP. And rounding out the panel, another returning guest is Dr. Bernd Uva Pagel. He spells his last name P-A-G-E-L, Senior VP of Cloud Platform Ecosystem at SAP SE. Welcome, gentlemen. I don't know who's minding the store if the whole team is on the radio with me, but I'm very happy to have you. So let's get started. Torsten, you're up first. And Torsten has sent us an African proverb. That's the only attribution we could find For this, so here it comes. You may have heard it before. It's perfect for the show. He says, he quotes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Torsten, welcome back. How are you? I'm very good.
2: Thanks, Bonnie, and thanks for having me on the show again.
1: We're exactly. delighted. You're one of the sponsors of this series with Mark, and we're always happy to have the sponsors because you know what this topic is really about. So, Torsten, talk to me about this proverb, go fast, go alone, go far, go together. How does this apply to our focus on the vibrant ecosystem today, please?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's you know really reflective of the journey and the characteristics and efforts to build a successful platform business. Why? Because Any platform business requires really a broad set of capabilities, skilled resources, but also any sustainable platform success requires a thriving ecosystem, right? So you can't do this alone. It's about a teamwork. And it's really, you know, you're in for the long play because you have to really um, enable the ecosystem. You have to build it before the platform gets adopted. And this is really true from a platform vendor perspective, but also from a customer perspective, because... Of course, you can build out some of those capabilities, those innovation capabilities, different platform as a service environment in the digital age by yourself, but it only gets you that far. So you can maybe shoot a couple or a couple of quick wins. But if you really want to use this strategically to transform your business, to become a digital business, you need to have other partners and you need to have access to an ecosystem who is providing you with this kind of capabilities, this kind of solutions, accelerators, to really uh, execute on this strategy. So, from that perspective, you know, as I said, you know, you can only get go that far alone and both the vendors as well as the partners, as well as the customers need to work together and, as I said, to drive the sustainable success in working out those capabilities, building the ecosystem, and also, obviously... Um, even enabling customers to become partners so that they can contribute with the innovation to business networks and industry networks accordingly.
1: Thank you, Torsten. I have a question for you. Did you like my opening quote I selected from the gentleman at the MIT initiative of the digital economy? Products have features, platforms have communities. That's what you're talking about, right? Going together?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean as I said, there's no platform business which has been just uh, successful which has not been adopted by a variety of parties so ecosystem equals community here so if you excite get excitement of the community if you get them really engaged and leveraging those kind of things then obviously you know this this is really what drives defines this success a so way different than a single solution application so perfect fit
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad you liked it. I, I do those lookups late at night, and I think, what's going to really crystallize the topic? Where can I come out with a quote that's really going to just set us up very well? So I'm glad you like it. I did, too. Thank you, Torsten, and welcome back. And now let's go around the table to your colleague, who is also a sponsor of this series, Mark Gial, and Marcus sent us a very interesting quote from Salvador Dali. Salvador, Domingo, Felipe, Jacinto, Dali, and Domenech. First Marquis of Dali du Pobo he lived from nineteen o four to nineteen eighty nine known professionally as Salvador Dali. He was a prominent Spanish surrealist born in Figueres. Catalonia, Spain. He was a skilled draftsman known for striking and bizarre images in his surrealist work. His painterly skills, I haven't heard that word in a long time, painterly skills are attributed to the influence of the Renaissance masters, and his best-known work, The Persistence of Memory, was completed in 1931. His expansive artistic repertoire included film, sculpture and photography sometimes and this is interesting Mark he collaborated with a range of artists in a variety of media so it sounds like Dali was part of an ecosystem how interesting is that here's here's the quote Mark has selected I prefer to remember the future by Salvador Dali go ahead Mark how are you and what does this quote have to do with our topic
3: very well, uh, thank you. I have had the pleasure of being in Barcelona this week, so I thought it was pretty oh. apt to use uh, to use Salvador's quotes. Um, I think a lot of a lot of what we see and a lot of the, the potential value in this sort of platform business approach is um, not being inhibited, you know, by the past, not being inhibited by your experiences, but really starting to rethink the future. And I think, you know, what what this quote, to me at least, sums up. Is is I think exactly that. I think that's what Dali was saying, right? Which is, you know, don't don't be restricted by the past. You know, make your own future. Remember the future. Um, and I think this is this is to me sort of resonates very well with with the opportunity that that many of our corporates face, and really the opportunity that's out there as, as companies go down this sort of path of of digital transformation, where they they need to be sort of unencumbered, they need to rethink, they need to, you know, think through the art of the possible and not be restricted by what they've maybe done in the past. And and that's where ecosystem comes to play, right? You're, you're only as, as strong as the community that you put together. Um, you know, hopefully what we talk about today is is the importance of bringing together different skills and capabilities from different parts of the ecosystem to, to, to create that, that greater whole. Um, and that helps you to, to I think, define and, and then remember the future.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. Did you like my opening quote as well about products have features and platform have, platforms have communities? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely spot on, right? And that's, that, that's the, the topic of today's conversation. I think if you think back to this series and how we've tried to get that red thread through um, this series round, sort of business model disruption. It's it's the importance yes. of ecosystem, and and as a consequence, thought it was good to maybe dedicate an entire show just to the importance of that ecosystem. I think you you capture it very well
2: with that quote.
1: Thank you, and I agree with the reason for dedicating the show to the Vibrant. We don't usually hear the word vibrant with ecosystem. It seems like something Dolly might have said, talking about his artwork, a vibrant painting, a vibrant sculpture. But my question to you, Mark, is just tell me, is there an excitement in the business world that people, the companies, you and Torsten, and I'll be talking to Bernduwe in a moment, you run across, are they excited about the concept of becoming part of and or building a vibrant ecosystem or are they scared that this is a new world we are not ready for this what do you see what's the emotion about this ecosystem concept of platform-based businesses
3: i think it's an explanation i think some are petrified about Mm -hmm. you know what's the risk to their business um i was i was at a conference this week and one of the one of the talk tracks was around you know platform business models and comparing the likes of Alibaba and and Amazon and and really sort of trying to set set out a framework by which other companies can assess you know what's their opportunity and the, the one of the key conclusions there is that every business needs to be you know, looking at adding a platform component to their existing business, right? It, that's what enables you to scale in a, in a non-linear way. Most business models today are restricted by being linear, right? You have to add more headcount. You have to add more people to deliver growth. Platform enables you to to, to move away and, and scale much more effectively. So I think, you know, customers see that and are excited about that opportunity, Um but they're also, you know, daunted because it requires huge cultural change and and Mm -hmm. change management internally. You need to either re mobilise your existing ecosystem or or build new ones. Um but you know, the potential the potential is there and I think everyone is excited about the potential, but they've seen the risk to other business models, right? What Uber's done to the taxi industry or Airbnb has to the hotel industry, so they're scared. Um Mm -hmm. but they want to see how it can help them deliver new growth. Uh, potential for
1: their business. Thank you very much, Mark. That's what I was looking for. When you mentioned petrified, I thought now we're doing a reality check. It's not easy. It can be frightening. Disruption is not easy, But the writing is on the wall. You have to move ahead. You have to move forward. And and it has been very interesting uh, with all the topics that you and Torsten have brought to the series, so I thank you. And now let's go around the table to our third panelist, another member of the team, Dr. Bernd Uwe Pagel. And he has sent us a quote from Napoleon Hill. I did not know that Napoleon Hill's first real name is Oliver. Oliver Napoleon Hill, 1883 to 1970, was an American self-help author best known for his book Think and Grow Rich which was published back in 1937. Oh, my. It's among the top 10 best-selling self-help books of all time. He insisted that expectations are essential to improving your life. Most of his books were promoted as expanding the principles to achieve, quote, unquote, success. Here is the quote from Napoleon Hill. It is literally true that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others to succeed. Dr. Bernd Uwe welcome back. How have you been? Hello, Bonnie, and thanks for having me again. Um,
4: Delighted. Online, on this side of the Atlantic. So, yeah, talk, to, talk me, to me about the me quote. Yep. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, Napoleon Hill, I mean, maybe he was the first author of, of business books, right? I mean, he did a lot of research on how to become successful and rich and uh, i think that conclusion um that uh, it's better to help others to become uh, successful and that drives uh, your own success i think this this would be the perfect uh, um a, a perfect finding if we look at at the model at, at the topic we discussed today um i mean as a platform provider um y- you are only successful if you make all your constituents on the platform successful that means your your ecosystem your not only people spying maybe on a platform but everybody who innovates who contributes to the to the platform uh, contributes to innovation contributes services I mean you have as a platform provider you not only have to orchestrate that everybody is happy on the platform but you have to help these Maybe smaller players innovative innovative uh, um, members of the ecosystem to be successful only if they are successful they will continue to innovate they will continue to invest and make the whole story better so you as, as a platform provider besides providing some basic services you have to you have to really listen to all the people all the companies on your platform mm-hmm. to, to help them to become better to become more successful because at the end um, Everybody wants to either have a good experience or wants to become rich, right? Wants to sell more. <laughs> or both. <laughs> and hopefully at the end, right, if, if everybody makes a lot of money on the platform, you as a platform provider take your or get your fair share.
1: Very interesting approach, yes. So uh, sticking with the team and making sure the whole team is successful, I like that idea. Do these communities, Bernduva, do these communities think of themselves as a team or is the word ecosystem what's up on the wall? We are part of an ecosystem. Is it considered a community? Community implies the idea of people who are doing something together at a people level for a shared goal, I guess, and there might be some emotional content in there. What's your thought? What word do we like? Team, ecosystem, community? What, what's your preference?
4: No, I wouldn't call it the family. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, at the end, on the platform, um, yes, you see collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If collaboration is something you facilitate on the platform, uh, for example, one one uh, contributor could could innovate, could build a great solution, a great service, and others help them to sell with assistance of the platform. So, these models are there, and they are existent, uh, and and as a platform provider, you should um, foster and and, uh, support them. However, uh, you see also a lot of competition on platforms. Um, I mean, think about uh, whatever, very, very uh, simple example. I mean, on most platforms where commercial platforms, you have a lot of uh, um, providers who offer payment services. Of course, they are in competition yeah um, mm-hmm. also part uh, companies might build similar solutions uh, if we talk about technology platforms uh, they might might develop have similar ideas and uh, yeah let the best uh, the best solution win so there is not not always uh, i mean not not always love on the platform yeah and, mm-hmm. and that's not what it what it should be because competition also uh, accelerates uh, and drives better and more innovation and better service for the for the for the users and clients
1: Thank you. Very interesting. I like Let me just quickly go around the table and see what Torsten first and then Mark have to say about community, family, team, competition, collaboration. A lot of, a lot of interesting words here. I think this will help our listeners understand better what the, the tone should be and what the actual, the tenor of the group is, if you will. So, Torsten, what are your thoughts on the, the language we use to describe this vibrant ecosystem? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, to a certain extent, all those terms apply to a certain extent. And I think Vanuwe uh, alluded to this um, to, to, to a large extent, right? On the one hand side, as I said, you know, you build out the ecosystem to drive adoptions in so need to address volume need to have a community aspect so that people work together, collaborate and, you know, basically work towards a common goal and towards a common cause to basically make this successful. Not just the platform, but obviously always with the customer in mind and to drive value. So in this context of obviously, obviously everybody benefits from each other and it's in kind of um community approach or an approach where people work together, but then on the individual level in this ecosystem, obviously, you know, there can be competition and there should be, there should be. And, and because it, like in any kind of sports, you know, competition makes everybody better and at the end, the customers are benefiting from that. So you have really all those elements from my perspective. So each of those mm-hmm. terms apply in a different, uh, you know, in the in the right context, If if you talk about persistent platform, community, and obviously collaboration and competition.
1: Thank you very much. This is an interesting aspect. Mark, you all join us. Thoughts, agree or disagree with what your co-panelists have shared?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's inevitable, right? I mean, let's let's put the customer lens on this, and many of these platforms that are evolving put the customer at the center, and one of the things you want to provide the customer with is choice and you know, the best solution or the best service or the the best set of capabilities and by definition there needs to be a certain element of, of competition. So, you know, that you know, as you build the value chain for that particular customer service or that particular um, customer scenario, there will be some competition. So, you know, you have, you know, counterparts on the platform that will be in competition against themselves, you know, sometimes they're working together, and other times they're maybe competing. Um, uh, but it's a, you know, it's a function of the UK system And, you know, yes, you've got to, always got to put the customer, um, at the heart of it. And then you need to sort of think, okay, well, what is it we want to achieve? And, and, and mm-hmm. how do you deliver that as effectively as possible? So, yeah, I think, uh, competition is, is inevitable. And as, as both Torsen and Vanuva alluded to, right, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a healthy aspect of the platform um that you're providing that choice and you're providing that flexibility but then also you need to have some governance in place right so you don't you don't want it to turn into anarchy on the on the platform so you need mm-hmm. frameworks um that ensure you know discipline and ensure that you know the value proposition is what it needs to be for the customer um, but uh you know how the different members of that community interact will change um, you know, depending on, on the customer use case and, and depending on the value proposition.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. Very interesting conversation. And now let's go back a little bit around the table to Torsten Ladek. You're up first. We'd love to get to know you a little better, catch up with what you've been up to. But first, where in the world are you today, Torsten? Number two what is your favorite drink right now in the whole wide world that makes you smile? I'm looking at your picture. Great smile. And number three, bring us up to date on what your role is and what you're doing at SAP. Go ahead, Torsten.
2: Yeah, so I'm actually in Germany today. I'm usually based in New York, as people might know from previous conversations. And you know, what is my cup? So when you log in uh, when you walk for customs in Frankfurt Airport there's a fantastic bar, coffee bar from Naples which serves the Kimber Espresso which is one of my, face, my favorite ones so you mm-hmm. know a drink latte macchiato uh, which is basically a live drink with foam milk on top where the espresso is then actually being added and where you have a kind of compositional layers, like in a platform between with you know milk first espresso foam and then sugar sprinkles, mm-hmm. and then you have those beautiful composition of colors, which relates, I guess, to the diversity of our ecosystem and the innovation which we are talking about. Yeah. So I'm here at SAP, part of the SAP Cloud Platform Go-To-Market ecosystem team, like all the other colleagues, and focus primarily on some of the strategic partnerships in North America and Latin America, as well as... um, the, and, and some specific strategic engagement models around private cloud and new business models and how we can drive strategic adoptions and go to market with, with our key partners in this area.
1: Thank you very much. I looked up Latte Macchiato. I was curious, Torsten, and it says here that, well, of course, it's a coffee beverage. The name literally means stained milk. It refers to the preparation where the milk is, quote, unquote, stained by the addition of espresso. And I'm seeing a beautiful picture of a design on top. You agree with that label, you think?
2: Absolutely, Yeah.
1: Interesting. I would say decorated rather than status. Decorated. I like that very much. Thank you so much. Great to catch up with you, Mark All You're up next. Mark, where in the world are you today? What's your favorite beverage? And what have you been up to? So
3: I'm in, I'm in London today. It's a uh, pretty autumnal day. It was quite sunny earlier um, but uh, there's some definite reds and yellows on the leaves at the moment as we head towards autumn which is a mm-hmm. fun time of year especially if it stays dry. Um, in terms of what I'm drinking as you know I always like to try and match the drink to the theme of the show and I was, I was really <laughs> working my sort of brains on this one in terms of community and ecosystem and, and what does that look like in the form of a drink and uh, what I actually came up with is a a wine by an Australian producer uh, called Penfold, and they their, their top wine is something called Grange, and they actually have a version of this that they released for the first time in 2017 called G3, and the the G3 basically represents the fact that this is a a multi vintage. Multi region, multi grape wine. So if we mm. think about that, you know, we, we sometimes associate blends with sometimes lower quality. Um, but this is, you know, this is Penfold taking their top three vintages and blending it into a single wine. This wine uh, basically costs 3000 Australian dollars a bottle, right? So this, what? Is, this is up there with some of the top Bordeaux in, in the world. And it's, uh, it's interestingly a mix of 2008, 2012, and 2014 vintages. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's giving you the best of ecosystem, right, in terms of the different grapes, the different regions, and now the different vintages as well. So if only I could have a glass of that, I would be very happy.
1: Mark Anybody if we get the, the right the ecosystem system, we can do it and by the way mark I tried yeah. to look it I tried to look it up and it required me to put in the year of my birth before it would let me into the website <laughs> 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 that was so funny you care, have to be one. old enough and it said the website it says introducing penfolds G3 lowercase G3 a new wine born from grange DNA our past present and future in one book bottle released a special wine blended from three grange vintages spanning seven years 2008 12 and 14 a vintage to be globally released this year 2018 aptly named penfold g3 this unique blend expertly entwines the three grange vintages to create a completely unique penfolds expression a first for penfolds very very interesting thank you now catch i'm thirsty all of a sudden mark catch us up on what you're up to it's a beautiful website by the way go ahead
3: uh, I mean, much the same as as Torsten. Hopefully, the three of us are doing similar things. I mean, really, the heart of what we're trying to do is 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 help our SAP's existing ecosystem take advantage of one, the shift to the cloud, and secondly, the shift to innovation. And if you look at where the industry is going, you know, ecosystem is is a critical component of that. But we also need to mobilize and and help transition our existing. Uh, partner base, and 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 that's what we're working on. Right? How do we how do we make sure that those partners have the right capabilities, the right business models, um, the right understanding of that opportunity, as well as working with different teams within SAP to to also um, identify the next group of partners that we should be bringing in to ensure that we're we're giving that choice and that capability um,
1: to our customers. Thank you very much. Good to catch up with all three of you. And, oh, next we've got Dr. Bernd Uwe Pagel. I want to make sure we catch up with you. Where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what have you been up to? Talk okay. to me.
4: I'm uh, in Germany again. I mean, just next, next door to, to Torsten, actually. Um, but we decided not to share phone. Thank you. Um, <laughs> despite the fact we're close. But, uh, so, um, yeah, what's in my, my cup today? Actually, there's nothing in my cup right now. Um, but um, since this is maybe one of the last uh, nice days in Germany um, after a super dry and sunny summer, uh, you might have heard that. We had no rain since months, actually. Uh, but now it's weather uh, changing, fall is approaching, so I decided to, uh, to, to start the evening with a uh, basically with a farewell um, and uh, an Aperol Spritz. Um, mm. Aperol Spritz? But you will look it up, I'm sure.
1: Um, I will.
4: So, uh, which is basically a spring or summer drink, but uh, I decided to take this as a as a summer farewell drink.
1: I have it. Aperol, A-P-E-R-O-L, spritz recipe. It's a simple Italian cocktail. It's the drink of summer, in Italian aperitif, similar to Campari, but sweeter in taste. Pour the Aperol into the glass first over ice. Uh, This company says they like to serve theirs in a large bowl-style wine glass. Add Prosecco, add soda water, and top with a slice of orange. Is that the one? That is the one. Okay, I found it. Thank you very much. You challenged me and I found it. Okay. I recommend Yeah.
4: Good. Um, I mean, what I'm doing, uh, not a lot to add uh, um, to Torsen, what, what Mark uh, already explained. Um, my focus is rather on, uh, on part of in Europe and, and, and in Asia, specifically Japan, uh, India, and uh, also looking uh, or, or working primarily on, on the service offerings for the partners and, uh, and the business model uh, innovation.
1: Thank you very much. Good to know what the three of you are drinking. And you know I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. Today is one live webinar I'm hosting with an audience that already tops over 350 people who've signed up for it and two live radio shows on either end of that. So definitely no coffee for me today. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. It was sunny a few minutes ago, but you never know here. And yes, the leaves are changing very slowly here. Uh, Some of the leaves are actually gone. There's a few orange leaves on my crepe myrtle tree outside in front, but basically it's still very, very green here. So I don't know what the fall will be. I've, I've only been here a year and I was too busy setting up the house to remember what fall looked like in 2017. So this will be a new experience for me. And I'm drinking cool, clear water because that's all they let me have on radio show days, and I'm very happy to be here with my three colleagues at SAP who are involved with this wonderful series. The series is Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, and today we have Torsten Lydock, Mark Gial, and Dr. Bernd Uwe Pagel. We're going to take a quick break, just 90 seconds, let everybody wet their whistle, wherever you are in the world, don't tell me what you're drinking right now, we'll just keep that our secret. We're going to come back, and we're going to have Torsten kick off the roundtable with something very serious about A vibrant ecosystem, the secret to platform-based innovation. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Erin out.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future success of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerating ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business disruption catalysts, new platform business models, agile innovation, a thriving ecosystem, and an API economy are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of business. Game Changing business model disruption is presented by SAP. Visit sap.com. The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing business model disruption.
1: Here we are. And that's what we're talking about, the secret to platform-based innovation. Key words in there, platform-based in innovation. And what is that key? What is that secret? A vibrant ecosystem. We're speaking today with Torsten Leidek, Mark Giel, and Dr. Bernd Uwe Pagel, all on the same team, and they are the sponsors of this terrific series. We've never had a series titled anything like this, gentlemen, so very happy that you joined us this year. We're going to kick off the roundtable formally with a statement that Torsten Leidek sent me before the show, and here's what he said. We'll go around the table. Each panelist will contribute about two minutes of commentary, and then we'll see where we land, and we'll pick one from the next person. So Torsten told me the following. To build an intelligent enterprise, companies need access to a thriving ecosystem with partners who can engage in open innovation, provide solution accelerators, and deliver ready-to-deploy applications. That will be crucial. Torsten, tell us more, please.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think, you know, uh, why, is, why is diversity important in a you know, thriving ecosystem? Because there's obviously really a lot of different capabilities and disciplines being needed, you know, to build out what we consider an intelligent enterprise. And intelligent enterprise really means that we enable customers to use best-in-class applications, you know, based on a common set of data um, and unified data model, fully integrated, based on a, what we consider a digital platform which provides the foundation for this, uh, for this intelligent enterprise, but also which provides an extensibility and an innovation layer for customers and partners to add and complement functionality and capabilities to this core set of applications like what we consider the digital core or like LOB solutions around management, customer experience, or supply chain. And then, obviously, we have this emerging set of next-generation technologies um, which have their own dynamic, like machine learning, like blockchain, like IoT, like big data, which on the one hand side need to be embedded into these applications to make mm-hmm. those applications more intelligent, but also the job is the opportunity for partners, customers, and the ecosystem to leverage those technologies to build out new functionality, new services, which can be monetized and which can create an additional revenue stream and which adds value, add an additional real-time insights or additional um, effectiveness across the supply chain, for example, across the entire value chain of a company and a customer, so that it really complements this core set of applications in a meaningful way. Now, to really achieve this, by the way of introduction, you see that we touch a lot of different areas. We touch application, we touch data models, we touch obviously um, the innovation side, uh, the methodologies which are related to that, and you have obviously all those new technologies um, which are coming in, which I was referring to. So each of those capabilities by itself is a specialized area of expertise where you need to have different kind of companies and skill sets and members to the ecosystem who can contribute to make this entire picture work. Um, so that's why the diversity of the ecosystem is important. And I really mean this, as I said, by the kind of um, expertise they add and the kind of the way how they build out either solutions, accelerations, uh, accelerators, or guide customers through an innovation cycle, but also how they consult them end-to-end along their digital journey. So it really has all those different aspects, and it's obviously really comprising companies of all sizes. So when we even look at the ecosystem we are managing, we have companies in there which are rather startups, with starting with in companies with five employees, up to companies like the big system integrators, like creators extension of Deloitte, IBM, uh, mm-hmm. or Capgemini, will have obviously you know a few hundred thousand employees. So it is really driving or, or cutting across the entire universe um, of companies in the IT world. And obviously, to enable this will and the disruptive factor and this kind of platform thinking, you need to have a good mix between established partners who are familiar with the traditional business processes and applications, but also those new um, startups who come from a more kind of cloud-native mobile and social native background who can obviously get the customer and, this, uh, and the whole engagement on the platform to the next level.
1: Thank you, Torsten. I just want to ask you a quick question before we bring in Mark and, and Bern Uwe. Who gets to decide? Who gets invited into the ecosystem? Who picks the startups? Who picks the resellers? Who picks the ISVs? Who picks the consulting firms? Who who does this? Is there a board of directors? Is there a, a group that huddles over a, a light in somebody's basement and says, yeah, we're going to invite this one and that one? Who puts it together? What's that process? Okay,
2: now that's actually funny, a very good question. So I think, you know, I mean, I personally believe that, you know, you need to have an open ecosystem approach, which means everybody should be able to contribute. So mm-hmm. the government is not so much around, you know, are you a company A, B, C in, uh, or in this category accordingly? So it's more about how do you approach, you know, you need to be well aware of what are the kind of capabilities which you need to make the ecosystem successful, what are the kind of partners and the kind of companies you want to attract. And then you need to tailor, obviously, in your reach out from a value proposition perspective, from a messaging perspective, and the context, how does this relate to customer value, um, the right outreach and the right approach towards those members which you want to attract to build and join the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in principle, it should be open because, you know, only an open ecosystem is obviously thriving and gives all the capabilities in the marketplace um, a platform.
1: Thank you very much. Let's move on. And Mark, I'd love to get your thoughts on what Torsten presented and or my question. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean,
3: there were obviously a, a lot of good points that Torsten made. Maybe I'll, I'll just it down a little bit. Um, I think from 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 my perspective, um, you know, we, we're, we're facing the unknown in many ways. It's Customers don't know what it is they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of technologies out there, Justin touched on a few AI, machine learning, blockchain, um, and different, different constituents of the community will probably take different approaches to solving that unknown capability, right? So, a lot of what our customers face is that uncertainty, we don't know where it is we need to get to, we're starting a journey, and they may want to try different approaches, they want to try different technologies. And what we're trying to do is is bring that together in a reusable, easy to consume way, where those partners can collaborate and and deliver those those different capabilities. Right, bring them together. You know, like they're making a, a patchwork quilt almost. And then see which one, which one you know, provides the warmth and the comfort that the customer needs. So, you know, there's a lot of technology. We'll miss too much technology. There are a lot of buzzwords out there. And, and we're trying to make that easy for our customers um, to drive business value. And, you know, the platform enables that. We are able to bring those technologies together. And we're allowing our partners, our stakeholders, even SAP to, you know, rethink these capabilities for our customers hopefully drive new business value.
1: Thank you very much. Brinduva, join us. Let's please.
3: Yeah, already uh, well well
4: summarized. Uh, I mean, I would like to maybe touch on one topic. And uh, um, Thorsten, uh, when you, when you ask Thorsten uh, where are the car partners coming from, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's open. But uh, I mean, if we're looking at what we are trying to achieve with the intelligent enterprise, I mean, we have fifteen thousand plus partners out there, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not just that these partners are value in itself, but I mean, they are trusted advisors to our clients. And at the end, uh, the customers... Becoming an intelligent enterprise is, is a journey and a transformation for our customers. So uh, it, they are looking at us, but they are also looking at our ecosystem of, of their trusted advisors to help them through that transformation and that journey. Uh, and that means we have to, of course, enable and win uh, win over the, uh, the existing ecosystem to the largest possible extent, uh, because uh, if we would we would force the partner the customers to to change their trusted advisor i mean that that would maybe drive them away from from our ecosystem into into the arms of of uh, some of our competitors so we we have to transform our partners first such that they can transform uh, our our clients or help them transform and i think this is a big big challenge uh, because uh, i mean we all know that if you're successful you are you have your favorite business model and your favorite business model is from the past, uh, according to your, mm-hmm. to your uh, intro. Uh, so you, we have to transform them, not just on a technology level, and there's a lot of technologies out there which are, which are new to companies, uh, but we also have to transform them to the cloud and to become a player in a platform world. So and all of that is, is a challenge and it's a journey.
1: Thank you very much, and that's a journey we're talking about, the journey to a vibrant ecosystem. Uh, Torsten, I'm going to move on to something here in Mark's notes. Mark, you have a very interesting example here. You say the move to digital and platform is impacting all industries, always by leveraging the extended ecosystem, and you use Caterpillar as an example. Can you give us the case study? I think it, it would be very interesting for our listeners, please.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think what was you know, Caterpillar maybe builds on the the point I was just making, which is mm-hmm. they don't always know the direction this is this is going to take them. So what Caterpillar has done through its own innovation, through acquisitions, through working with its ecosystem is actually come up with a, a series of different platform business models, right? One one example of this was many of their customers have made you know, huge investments in Caterpillar um, equipment, right? These are, you know, big, expensive assets. They're difficult to ship around, um, but they're not being utilized all the time. So is there a market, almost an aftermarket, for underutilized or unutilized heavy machinery where they can actually bring together their customers and almost have them subleasing or renting? So one area was, you know, something they called Yardbird, which was about enabling their customers to get more value out of the investment they've made in Caterpillar. You know, you, intuitively you think this is bad for Caterpillar because Caterpillar wants to sell more products, right? So mm-hmm. sell more stuff than letting their existing customers share. Um, but that derives value. Um, then they thought about, okay, how do we actually improve the service that our customers are getting? How do we, you know, restrict downtime? How do we make sure that we maintain and service those products more effectively? So they then put in place sort of more of a of a, a sort of a, a collaborative type of model where they were using, um, you know, technology, um, some of these new IoT capabilities, connected device capabilities, where they started tracking information and used this to provide a better maintenance service um, to their customers so that there was less downtime. So they were utilizing those assets uh, more of the time and generating a better return. So, you know, rather than, you know, a marketplace for aftermarket, this was... You know, using a sort of a more of a collaboration um, mm-hmm. type model to to ensure that that they were able to, um, or oh, sorry, more of an orchestration type model, so that they were more effectively utilizing, or their customers were more effectively utilizing their assets. And then the third was that sort of collaboration um, type model where they said, okay, well, how do we how do we actually innovate, or how do we manage our supply chain more effectively, so that we can actually take cost out of delivery, maybe, you know, produce products and get it to customers, um, you know, at a lower cost, at a lower price, Um, and then, you know, use sort of innovations around supply chain on the platform to have their community um, of suppliers working more efficiently, more effectively together to provide, uh, you know, a uh, a better set of outcomes for their customers. So, you know, three different uses of platform for different aspects of their business, all of them focused on the customer. Um, and all of them, you know, really benefiting from, um, you know, a, a community approach enabled through a technology platform. So for so, so for me, a simple industry, um, you know, making trucks effectively, <laughs> um, but, you mm-hmm. know, some pretty destructive business models there.
1: Thank you. That was such a great example, Mark. Really appreciate it. I, I know our audience loves case studies because they can picture if they know what caterpillar is and what they does, they can picture the machinery or just look up what they do and they can think through the example as something that has has real value, real life uh, implications and illustration, if you will. So that was great. Dr. Bernd Paga. love to have your thoughts on the example that Mark shared. And do you have anything you'd like to add to that?
4: I mean, it's it's a very good example. I mean, uh, it, mm-hmm. at the end, uh, one of uh, the the aims or objectives of platforms, um, and particularly if we uh, we think about asset based uh, or platforms around assets, uh, which we have in this Catapult example, I mean, it's basically about, uh, I mean, an asset. If I as a customer, you you purchase an asset. I mean, it's usually a, a capex. It's an investment for you. Yeah, so what, what you want to, want to achieve is, is the maximum utilization of that, of that asset and the maximum value generation out of that investment. And uh, this is one of the objectives of platforms. I mean, how can I just use it more and better and longer? And uh, here, uh, I mean, we have shared shared platform models where you whatever rent it out for a certain period of time, yeah, or you have uh, you, you collect a lot of data, uh, which helps you to uh, to predict uh, maintenance, uh, etc. On this platform, where, the, where the basically all the signals or the technology, the technology is used to to better maintain that asset and make it more valuable. So, I mean, th- this is a classical example. It's a combination of, of uh, m- multiple objectives in this Caterpillar case, but a uh, very very good example.
1: Thank you very much. Torsten, let's go around the table to you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think
2: it's a very good example and illustrative, obviously, of an example in, you know, uh, in, in many other areas like in the aerospace and defense industry and retail industry where a company can really change and transform their business model via a platform approach from a product-oriented to a more service-oriented approach, right? So, basically, giving those kind of additional capabili- uh, capabilities, k 2 is not just selling their trucks and bays you know, heavy utility vehicles. But uh, they're really offering basically kind of availability on those and the kind of sensors, technologies, the particular maintenance allows them to make those kind of business and service level commitments, which is obviously providing greater value for the customer, but also higher revenues for Caterpillar for, for and such. Um, so from that perspective, as I said, I think it's a very good example, illustratively, how it allows to transform the business model. It's also a great way to show how a company can obviously um, extend their reach and basically building up um, new capabilities. I think there's a great opportunity for many companies, as I said, in different industries to think about their digital supply chain and also their customers, how they can leverage their best practices and how they can really turn this around from product to service and uh, and basically leverage their, their core strength and, exp- uh, and ex- exposing them and extending this to their business partners, to their suppliers and to their customers, and by doing so, actually, you know, generate an incremental revenue stream, which is going beyond what was originally considered their core business. Um, and another, another aspect here, which I would bring up in terms of those industry networks, it's a good, you know, obviously also illustrates how um, companies or industries can get disrupted and even companies when they get disrupted like with uber there's already the next level where people think about okay what is self-driving cars and all those kind of things so even if this is a good example right it doesn't stop there and you know you always need to think about what is then the next level of innovation what is your what are your competitors doing to basically get even on top of you
1: Thank you very much. You know what, gentlemen? We are already in our Crystal Ball Predictions Round portion of the show. Since we didn't get to go to Dr. Bernduva-Pagel's list of topics, and there were some really interesting ones in there, Bernduva, I'm going to let you go first with your prediction. So I'm going to give you uh, 90 seconds to make up for that, and then we will cover off with Torsten and Mark. So. Time to tell us what you see coming. I like to say up the up the road, down the pike, up the pike, down the road, wherever you are. And uh, what do you see changing between, let's say, twenty twenty and twenty twenty five? And in terms of the approach to building the ecosystem, keeping it vibrant, opening it up to the right way to do business, handling the competition, keeping it healthy and active, and making sure everybody wins. Prediction: ninety seconds, Dr. Bird Uva Pogel, go.
4: I appreciate it, Bonnie. <laughs> um, look, I would like to uh, uh, give a prediction on impact. And uh, uh, look, I mean, um, uh, let, let's take it a three to five year horizon. And maybe it's even quicker. Um, my personal belief is that uh, in, in three to five years from now, there will not be a single serious new business being founded and started anywhere in the world. Yeah, which is not somehow an, uh, becoming an ecosystem member or a member of a platform ecosystem, right from the beginning. That could be uh, a, a membership, so to speak, uh, to to build the product. It could be to conduct the service, or and most importantly to reach customers. So I, I believe uh, without becoming understanding how platforms work taking really the best out of it leveraging it to the to the uh, vast possible extent um you will not succeed in in a new business you have to build this into your business case uh from from the beginning and if we look at vc funding etc i mean at the end uh this is where where the money goes and it helps you to be much faster reach customers faster build your product faster and don't waste time on, on, on commodity business or commodity technologies and build everything from scratch. So you, you can really leverage a lot and be much faster and more
1: successful. That's Thank my you. Own belief. Thank you very much. And I have 60 seconds just for a Torsten Leidig and then 60 for Mark. And then we're going to wrap this up. So Torsten, prediction, please.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm maybe building on what Vanuva said, right? So I believe the future will be dominated by digital platforms. And obviously, everybody will be somehow connected and member to an ecosystem. And just everybody has to be also very well aware what kind of of membership you want to have, right? Are you the one who is controlling and orchestrating this digital Mm -hmm. platform layer and is disrupting the market like companies like Uber did initially, but again, being disrupted by self-driving cars or other things like I was referring to? Um, you know, you want to be a value contributor or you want to be the one who gets quite disrupted and is basically just acting as a kind of minor supplier to this ecosystem based on your traditional business model because you have not been able to innovate. So I think, you know, the the layer of or the the relevance of orchestration on a digital platform and you know, the ones who will own this will have even strong impact on all the industries and are likely the world will look completely different in, with regards to this kind of business model in the future. You know.
1: Thank you very much. And now let's go to Mark Giel. You get to wrap it up. 45 seconds, Mark. We're tight. Go ahead.
3: Okay. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Brit, so I'll be a little bit more direct than my German colleagues. Uh, mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I would challenge every customer, every, you know, executive that's listening across every industry um, that, that they can benefit from these new platform based business models. Um digital transformation is really about taking advantage of this. Platform does beat products pretty much every time, but you do need to have this platform mindset, this open thinking approach, and you need the ecosystem to deliver. So, you know, this will happen. It's gonna be centered on everybody's um go to market capability, but you you need to think through those those capabilities so that you can you can relax.
1: Thank you very much, gentlemen. What an interesting conversation. You certainly made the conversation vibrant, talking about vibrant ecosystems, and I appreciate that very much. A shout out to Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the Business Channel, and every channel. We're on several channels right now. And thank you to my three guests, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be part of a vibrant ecosystem today and take advantage of platform-based innovation and go out and be a game changer just like Torsten Leidek, just like Mark Eyal, just like Dr. Bernd Uwe Pagel. Thank you all. That's it for today. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning. I don't know. It's Thursday. I'll be back next Tuesday with another live edition of Some Kind of Game Changers Radio. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to game-changing business model disruption. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.